The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, we're so thrilled today that we have a wonderful guest coming to us all the way from Ohio. Reverend Megan Smith Brooks is with us, and she is the author of this brand new book called Unraveling Grief, A Mother's Spiritual Journey of Healing and Discovery. And so many of us have been through grief, whether it's the loss of a loved one passing on to heaven, or we've lost a loved one through divorce or some other situation that's been very painful. And we all know grief, even now, what we've been through with COVID-19, we've had so many losses. So today we're going to talk about how do we deal with grief, and we have an expert with us. So Megan is going to tell us a little bit more about herself. And then we're going to explore how we can all deal better with the grief that's been going on in our lives now, maybe the past, and what may happen to us in the future. So, Megan, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you. I'm delighted to be with you and to share my message. So, Megan, tell a little bit about your background. You have an amazing background. (laughs) Well, I've been a spiritual educator for the past 25 years. I am an ordained unity minister and also now a certified grief coach, which was something that came about from my own grief experience as I moved into a ministry of wanting to serve more people um, through grief and the possibility of healing that to thrive. So ministry has really been my background um, and through, um, excuse me, um, you know what, I think about my son's death and, and that always just sort of takes me into that heart space, but that's mm. really the impetus of me moving into supporting others in grief. Yes. And you and I spoke before that, that Lloyd and I lost our grandson who was like our son. So that was just two years ago. So we can really relate to, to getting into that heart space. So tell us a little bit about what happened to you when, with that situation. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm grateful in that I was already in a minister. Um, I was serving a ministry in Pasadena, California at the time and had already had many years of um, supporting people with um, spiritual counseling and dealing with crisis and, and pain and loss in their lives. But one never knows what it's like until you have to deal with it on a personal level. So my youngest son, um, Justin was 29 years old and he was murdered in 2013. Mm. And that was the beginning of 
a deep journey into grief and understanding really what it, what it is, but also how could I walk my talk in a greater way? That if I was going to be a spiritual teacher, if I was going to support others, then I needed to embrace what I offered them and practice it myself. And, um, and so it's been a journey about a, a lot of learning, um, understanding what grief has to offer us and that there is a way to get through it. Um, right. So my book was um, my way of being able to give back to others to help support them. Right. And so you and I were talking right before the show started about how people really need to understand grief and especially during these times now. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, you know, I've talked to a lot of people and I, you know, we watch the news and everything that's going on and I'm deeply moved by the impact on people's lives, not only in our own families, in our communities, in our country, but around the world. It's a global impact. And dealing with grief is a part of our human experience. It's not something that you can avoid. It's not something that you see it happening to others and hope it won't happen to you. Because if we're breathing, we're going to be touched by pain and loss on some level. So I, you know, I hope that nobody has to deal with grief on the level that I have. Um, when you find that your child has been murdered, mm. it, you know, it's like a, a tsunami that slams into your body and you don't even know who you are for a while. You're walking around in this numb state of just watching the world around you. And so I watch a lot of people like that right now that and if we have not dealt with grief in our life if we have not been taught how to we carry unresolved grief so that when the impact of something significant hits us um it takes a much greater toll and and it and it can potentially devastate us in ways that we don't know how to recover from exactly so what is the primary message of your book it's really a story of courage of forgiveness and gratitude that um, ultimately brings us to a place of acceptance. And I've used my story as how I navigated grief, um, what I learned from it, what worked, what didn't work, how I integrated my spiritual practices, the things that were useful, and what could I offer others on their um, grief journey that there's practices and tools that as we establish a deeper foundation of how to support ourselves, we're able to thrive um, the situations in life. And so ultimately, my book is about how we discover the gift in grief and use it to enhance who we are. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about the gift. People find that word gift and grief being kind of, you know, an oxymoron. So how, how would you say that grief is a gift? Well, I agree that most people would find that um, you wouldn't put gift and grief in the same <laughs> But that's, that's probably one of the deeper lessons that I understood that as I came to understanding grief, and I wrote about it in my book and that I had this awareness, I sort of, I woke up one morning realizing that grief touches us on a cellular level that it creeps into our lives it crawls into every cell of our being and it changes who we are at the core and so if we don't take the time to get to know who we are becoming because we will never be the same person that we were when grief touches initially then um, we are not going to find a way to thrive and it's very tragic when i see people that um, 
live in what I call victim consciousness because they, they wear that pain on their sleeve as a mantle of their woundedness. And yet when we are willing to go deep into feeling our pain, we recognize that it's offering us something of value that we can learn about ourselves to enhance who we are because of the depth of the pain that we have experienced. And to me, that's the gift. Um, we begin to have a sense of gratitude, um, even though I wouldn't want to go back and relive it. No, I would wish that it never happened. But if I can't use it, then how do I thrive in life? Right. So, and, and part of the grief for me, as I, as I have thought about it, is that it's also a gift of growth. Because if you allow yourself to grieve, you are going to go deep and you are going to grow. And if and in our society, so often we're burying the grief, right? If someone dies, they you know they want you to get over it quick, right? Or or, or they don't want to talk about it. It's our society doesn't do well with grief, does it? <clears throat> Excuse me. No, it doesn't. And that's you know one of the things that I've observed. And part of my message in realizing the significance of bringing this out into our conversation, um, I watched a interview with um, Anderson Cooper and um, very controversial guy, just spaced out totally. Um, <laughs> That's okay. What and, was it about? Yeah. Um, and they were talking about grief and how it had touched their lives. And they both had lost um, a parent and they realized how we don't do a good job in our society of talking about it, that people do want to avoid it. They hope that you get over it really quickly and it just goes away. So the elephant in the room doesn't have to be addressed anymore. And, and I say that's, that doesn't help us heal. We need to be able to feel safe enough to bring it out into the conversation, to say what's real for me, because it's gonna be a part of my life for, for the rest of my life, every day of my life, there's gonna be some reminder or something that brings it out. And so, how do we teach people that it's okay to talk about our pain, that it strengthens us? It's not something that we can think is a sign of weakness or um, that if our tears come up, that um, it means that I don't have, you know, what it takes to bucket up and be strong. To me, showing your tears shows your strength, your inner strength of how you have the compassion and the capacity to feel. And we need to be talking about that in much deeper ways. Right. I know I remember reading Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and kind of applying that even to what's happening during our pandemic, which is, you know, first people are in shock, just like when we found out our son died or when you found out that your son was killed. You know, your first, it's the first thing you say is no, you know, you want to deny it. You don't want to believe in it. And then you can go through such you know, pain and anguish and anger. And, and we even see this in COVID, that people are so angry, angry that they have to wear, sorry about that. Um, angry that they have to wear a mask or angry that they can't go to their swimming pool, can't go to their favorite restaurant or whatever it is. They're just so filled with anger. And that's another stage that they don't even realize that's going on with them. And, and so, you know, I deal with people going through divorce and that brings up a lot of grief as well. And a lot of anger that they want to stay in that anger and blame and guilt and all that stuff. So how and do all we, that, yeah, go ahead. 
It keeps us from moving forward. You know, I've gone through divorce. I've gone through other really painful circumstances. I've gone through, you know, that anger and I can relate to the anger that people feel. But if we don't address it in healthy ways, um, from a spiritual perspective, what I observe is that that's spiritual immaturity, that we haven't learned how to look at things in healthy ways and say, I may not like this, but the reality is I can't put it back in the same box that it was in before. You know, when, when people say, oh, well, when it gets back to normal, well, what is normal anyway? Right. In any given moment, things can change. And so it's learning to have the ability to accept what is and realize that grieving is acknowledging that something that I was emotionally attached to, that I cared about, that I loved, that I treasured, can no longer be in the same form that I want it to be. And all the denial in the world isn't going to make that happen again. Right. So at some point, I have to say, I accept what is, even though it's not the choice that I would make. And though, okay, what can I do about it now? How do I move forward so that I can make healthy choices, not ones that are destructive to the world around me or harmful to people in my path? Um, having healthy outlets for venting. I was angry when I coached people. I encourage them to get down to that where they're just, just regurgitating it all. Because until we can get it all out, we can't transform it to move forward. Yes, yeah. Not so I guess we have to be gentle with ourselves as we go through that grieving. If, if anger comes up to recognize and not just trying to, I don't want to be angry. It's just like, okay, this is where I am right now. I know for us, I know, especially for my husband um, who had raised our grandson since he was tiny, tiny baby, brought him home from the hospital mm -hmm. that he was so angry, so angry. And it's just about accepting that anger and kind of moving through it. Like you said, to acceptance because, um, and that, and, and it doesn't go like that. I mean, you're going to get angry again right? It can happen again. It's not like the circle that you get healed. It can, you know, the, the feelings, the pain, the, the, the denial, everything can come up again. And to just be gentle and accepting yourself as going through that, right? You know, and that's the first thing that I offer people, you know, it's like, what am I supposed to do? It's like, be gentle with yourself, love yourself enough to, um, take care of you and and not to have these high expectations of what should be what you're supposed to be doing you know listening to everybody else's advice you know you have to listen to your own heart what do i need what does my body need what am i eating that will nourish me so that i my body can heal emotionally you know it might be that your go-to thing is like sugar or alcohol right. um to numb you to somehow feel better, but ultimately, whatever it is you're avoiding is still going to be there. Yes, yeah. so, wherever you go, you are right. <laughs> so, being gentle with yourself is learning to have compassion for you, the circumstance. And when you're angry, it's okay to be angry. Um, you know, I get angry at times. Well, for instance, I've had to attend a parole hearing for one of the defendants that was responsible for the murder of my son. That brought all kinds of stuff up. Mm -hmm. And yet the first thing is, is okay, how do I process it? What would be a healthy action for me? 
um, sometimes it's just venting is writing it all out. You know, that's another way of regurgitating it or asking somebody if they'd be a sounding board for you and saying, don't take it personally, but I just need to throw up all over you. <laughs> right, 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 right. And it's part of the process and that we have to accept that these things are going to come up again and again. It's not going to go away. So how do I learn to live with it? How do I learn to live with the triggers that will get triggered again in the future? Right. And I think one of the fortunate things for you as a reverend, as a spiritual woman, that that must have given some, some help. I know for us to have that belief in spirituality, that we know that, you know, that he isn't gone forever, that he is on the other side and that we can talk to him and that we know that we'll meet again and, and, I think for people who don't have any spiritual meaning, I think it's probably a more challenge, would you say? Well, it is, um, you know, and it's how can we be softer with ourselves? So for me, one of the surprises is that I found a deeper sense of gratitude for a lot of things, um, that there is a shift when we're able to move from our focus of what we've lost or what we perceive we've lost, the feelings of loss, um, and, and begin to embrace the uh, sacred memories, the treasured memories, the things mm. that open my heart that I have, that I will never lose, that will always be with me. So it's a beginning place of feeling gratitude. And gratitude as a spiritual practice opens our heart. It opens us up to thriving in deeper ways. And so I shifted my focus in, okay, this is what is, what can I do now? What would support me? Um, and, and eventually get to the place of how do I use this to enhance my life? Because ultimately, whatever we've lost has offered us something of value that we could use. And when we integrate it into ourselves, we begin to create our own living legacy that we're offering to the world and to those that we love when we leave behind. And that is the ultimate gift, I believe, in um, embracing what grief has to offer. And, and you know that your son would not want you to be stuck in grief and he would want you to move on. And, and we know that for our grandson too, that he would want us to live on with happy memories of him, like you say. Now, you <clears throat> Go ahead. Oh, and I was just going to say, you know, I have a sense almost that my son released his body, but his soul, his spirit is still with me. Mm. And I feel him all the time in probably deeper ways than I ever did when he was alive. As a matter of fact, I felt his presence with me writing my book, that he wanted his story and this message to be brought out into the world. And that is what has kept me going. That's beautiful. Now, you, you talked before a little bit about forgiveness, and I think people might say, how, how can she forgive? Let's talk about it. Because when you have someone who murders your own son, it's very hard to forgive. And maybe they think that forgive means you condone, but it doesn't. So can you talk a little bit about what that's all about? Well, I think forgiveness is a really important spiritual practice. And again, I was grateful that I already had that grounded in my yeah. um, training when my son died. But, you know, there's a saying, it's been attributed to a lot of people, but I believe it originally goes back to the teachings of the Buddha. And that is that unforgiveness is like taking poison and expecting the other person to die. So 
it's not something that um, it's not getting somebody else off the hook. It's not like you said, condoning um, somebody's actions. Um, they're still accountable and responsible for their actions, but I may not be the one to hold them to it. And so ultimately I am responsible for myself and my health and wholeness. And so it's important to release the energy of unforgiveness mm -hmm. so that it isn't holding me back and diminishing the quality of my life. And so the way I see it is, is that I intentionally imagine releasing that energy, that I release anything and everything in all forms of unforgiveness from my mind, heart, and body so that it can be transformed in greater ways and that I will thrive. And it's an ongoing practice. It's not like you get it once, done, don't have to deal with that one again, no. Um, but we have to have the awareness of that practice at all times. Right. So I remember thinking about forgiveness as being like you unshackle yourself from the past because we're, we're like in prison and, and I remember um, you know, hearing all sorts of things about, you know, unfor like you were talking about, unforgiveness is like the taking a poison and expecting somebody else to die. But it really makes us a victim because they can move on in their lives, people who've hurt us. They can move on, but it, they're still in our head. Like Nelson Mandela said when he got out of prison after being in prison for 30 years, someone said to them, aren't you furious? How can you forgive them? And he goes, if I don't forgive them, I'll still be in prison. So I thought that was really a beautiful way to look at things because we are imprisoned by our own thoughts. Absolutely. You know, and it's like what Jesus said, Father, they know not what they do. Um, you know, and so the way I look at it is that we have spiritual maturity. And as we evolve, we expand the consciousness of our reality. Um, and then we're able to incorporate more teachings. But you wouldn't expect a kid, kindergartner to be able to pass a college exam, right? <laughs> right. So, and so every, every human being is at a place of what they've been taught, their experiences, what they're open and receptive to. And so they may not have the capacity to understand that their action was from an immature behavior, um, that maybe they're only reacting from a place of survival. And right. so... I do not condone um, the actions of my son's murderers, but I recognize that they may not have known any other way of behaving based on the consciousness of their own spiritual um, maturity at the time. But it doesn't mean they can't learn and grow and evolve. And so I hold that for them, the possibility of that for them, so they can be better members of society. Right. So I just want to mention again your book, and we are speaking now with um, our, the author of this book, Unveiling Grief, A Mother's Spiritual Journey of Healing and Discovery. So let's talk a little bit about when people say, well, how do you begin to forgive? Let's say they have somebody that they want to forgive. Maybe it's themselves. I, I would think sometimes... Um, like my husband, when our grandson, he was on the phone with him and our grandson was letting, and he was texting him saying, I love you, grandma. Thank you, mom, grandma, for everything you've done for us and for me. And I so appreciate you. And we knew what was coming and my husband couldn't stop him. And it was very hard for him to forgive himself. So how do you, how do you forgive yourself for things? Well, and that's a very important piece that a lot of people forget. 
um, I, I had my own anger for myself, you know, going through the woulda, shoulda, coulda, dunna thing. Right. Um, if there's something I could have done to have helped my son be in a different place where he wouldn't have come into interaction with these people, you know, and, and the, the crazy things you do to yourself and your, and your mind. Right. Um, and so it's first and foremost coming to that place of accepting that at the core of my being, I am a good person and I deserve to be loved. And therefore I, I, I am love and I deserve to love myself. Myself deserves to be loved. Um, and so the first actions that we take when we talked about being gentle and self-care, those are acts of love. Those are acts of loving ourselves. And so when I got angry, I would say, well, my, my human self, I can understand why I would be angry. Um, and that we want to think that somehow I could have prevented this awful thing from happening. But the reality is I can't go back and reinvent that. I can't recreate that situation. So that ties into acceptance, you know, accepting what was. We also don't know what's going on in the minds of others. You know, all the little things that put into motion what it is that they did or didn't do um, that we have no control over. So as I come to accept that I don't have control over anything outside of myself, but I do have control over choosing to love me enough to go into the depth of my being to heal um, and move forward and thrive. And in doing that, it is, it is saying that my son's life mattered. How I live my life moving forward is honoring his life. And that is claiming, I think, uh, the first step towards self-love. Yes, that's so beautiful. Well, we're just about out of time right now. So I just, I wanted to add on to that when you keep talking about acceptance. And I remember this saying by the Buddha, which we're uh, quoting him also, is all suffering comes from not accepting what is. So that's, uh, that's a, a wonderful place to, to stop. So give us the name of your book and then and your website, and it's time to go. Okay. Unraveling Grief, A Mother's Spiritual Journey of Healing and Discovery. Uh, it should be released by the first week in September. And you can go to my website, www.unityawakeningways.org. There's information there about grief coaching, um, the grief healing retreats that I'm doing, and um, it, all the information about how to get the book and when and where and why. <laughs> yes. And so, Reverend, um, we really appreciate, Megan, that you've come on and make sure that there's another website also, unravelinggrief.com as well. So thank you so much. And we will keep in touch, and we'll be excited to see your next book as well. So thank you very much. Bye-bye. So thank you. We didn't get through all the questions, but we definitely got through them. So we will get this going for you, and you will get probably a copy of this tomorrow. And thanks for being flexible, and I, and I hope that your book really does well. We'll make sure that your picture and your bio and the cover picture, did, did you send a cover picture? Because that'll go up on okay, that'll go up on the website too. So good luck with uh, Marianne Williamson as well. So thank you, Megan, for all your time and effort. Thank you. Hey, okay. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right, yeah. God bless. Take care. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. 